Welcome to the UK Consult Weekly Podcast with Jonathan Bradley and Elton Daddo, engagement practitioners and general consultation superheroes at Bang the Table in the UK. Hello and welcome to John and Elton's Weekly Ramble through all things online community engagement and public consultation. We're into week 23 and we're into week 23 with Storm Barbara. And who's currently flooding the car park outside my house very kindly. What's it like where you are? Um, it's not too bad, actually. Is it officially an, a Met Office official storm? Yeah, it's got a name. If it's got a name, it's, it's a, definitely official. Yeah. Oh, I'm not yeah. even, that hasn't, I haven't heard of that one yet. Well, it said high winds and rain are going to batter the UK. But I've got to say, there's actually no wind whatsoever. It's just out and out rain and has been most night and very very gloomy but we can lift that gloom can't we as we do every week um, until we get to Meldry moments yeah well I'm always thinking one week you're gonna go hello and and forget what the intro is but you've you've not so far you've got those lines out every single time some people would think we've recorded the intro but no but there's an intro before the intro isn't there there's a yeah. pre-intro intro yeah. Which is recorded. Yeah. But no, I do. I mean, it's not like I've got it written down. No. <laughs> not like you've got it written down at all. Because um, no, there's no preparation and I've got no notes for this at all. No, nothing. I haven't prepared anything. So the weather's making you a bit, getting you a bit down. Is it a bit gloomy? It is a little bit gloomy, but yeah. my gloom no. was slightly lifted um, because I just had a really, really nice conversation with one of our colleagues who is a UK-based, or was a UK-based colleague, UK-born and bred, um, Cheshire, I believe, um, Jodie House, which I've been talking to her. She's based over for Bang the Table in Australia. Australia. All the way over in Australia with my best Australian accent. <laughs> now, most of our colleagues are not going to listen beyond this point, are they? No, we've alienated most of our colleagues. Interestingly, it seems that even before my Australian accent, we've alienated them anyway. It's really interestingly, Jodie um, explained to me that she's never listened to our podcast. I find that hard to believe. I'm quite shocked, really. Is it something that we could take up with HR or is it something that should be written into future job descriptions for any global bang the table colleagues that they have to do that weekly? <laughs> yeah, in job descriptions. But also from this moment in time, everybody can put it in their annual reviews, their quarterly check-ins. You can send a note out to all, every, you know, everybody's manager, you know, explaining the importance of everybody listening to the podcast. Because otherwise yeah. they won't keep up with the hundreds of thousands of people out there that are benefiting from the pearls of wisdom that are included <laughs> on our weekly podcast. But it wasn't just that, Johnny. It was... At best, the flimsy excuses she gave for not listening to it, which really, <laughs> really got to me. So she said, I've tried to listen to it on two occasions now, but just as I've pressed play at the start, um, I had a phone call. Oh, could have been it's an flimsy. important phone call. <laughs> no, it might be really, really important, but oh, that's it. You spent like after that phone call's finished, you don't press play again, you don't schedule another hour in your diary and blank it out so you can allocate that to the UK consult. It's the attention deficit culture. If you don't do it then, you probably moved on to um, Netflix or something. 
Yeah, it's the immediacy of it, isn't it? It's yeah. like, right, I'm going to listen to this now. I'm going to take the ball by the horns, phone yeah. rings, that's it. Never watch that's it fair. or listen to it yeah. again. But there's other two, two little bits of trivia, actually, about Jodie House, which um, I'm going to put to you as well. So from her name alone, guess what her sector specialism is for Bang the Table? Housing. No, no, local government. Uh, and her favourite TV show? Um, um, let me think now. I'm going to go for... No. Ah. Oh. What's it called? The one that's um No, I'm giving. I'm thinking too hard. Too many choices. I was hoping you were gonna say house, because I'm throwing you another red herring. It's last of the summer wine. So there you go. Um, so basically they were both red herrings that you'd never got right. No, I'd never have gotten them right. <laughs> and and I don't actually think it is last of the summer wine, so I'm probably gonna have to do another violin based apology next week at the start oh, of the yeah. next one. Probably. It's become a weekly I thing. I think it could be a weekly She doesn't listen. We could do like a, a meet the team, do a little introduction to every week to other people, our other, other colleagues in Bang the Table. Yeah, we should, because we've given a lot of sort of sporadic shout outs, haven't we, for, based on yeah. loads of different reasons. But we should, yeah, we should select someone each week and ask them to give a little bit of interesting information or a tune, a Charlie's tune or something tune like that. Tune a week. Yes, I like that. Tune of the week. What's your tune of the week this week? Oh, well, I think I've raised my game. <gasps> yes, you're out of the ABBA, Tina Turner. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, it's called Flawless Funk Investigation Club. <gasps> yes, that's better. That's much yeah. better. So we will, after your embargo last week of not being able to put ABBA and Tina Turner in the blurb, you're back in. Yeah, back in. Charlie now. will approve of that, won't she? She'll be fine with putting that in. Yeah, she will like that. Now, mine was quite interesting, right? Now, I, I thought I thought it was very, very clever. Right? So I, I was doing my daily walk the other week and I was humming the Stone Roses, Tears. And the reason why I thought it was quite clever is T-E-A-R-S is the song name. But because Manchester is just going, you know, it's had this ongoing argument about lockdown, and we've now gone into three tiers, haven't we? T yes, we have. So yeah. it was really appropriate that I was humming that song. Not only that, the Stone Roses are from Manchester. Yes. So yeah. I was just I really like... amazed. I'm making all these little links while I was. Nice little linkages there. You should work yeah. on the radio. <laughs> I don't think there'll be many mainline radio stations <clears throat> queuing up to take me on, but you never know. Talking about tears, I mean, we're not allowed to get political, but it, at the end of it all, it turns out that they've been arguing over £1.75 per head or something like that, haven't they? Whether they went into tier three last week or this week. Yeah, yeah, and it's very vague, isn't it? A lot of the rules yeah. around it and what people can do. So apparently in London, which is now tier two, you can't meet people from another household in a pub unless you're having a business meeting with them. So you can imagine there's going to be all these people just taking their laptop to the pub, pretending <laughs> they're having a business meeting. <laughs> Do you have to have a substantial meal at the same time? Yes, because otherwise that pub wouldn't be open because it, they'd yes. be called, they're the wet pubs, aren't they, that don't yeah. serve food? Yeah. 
But you've also got those wet pubs who are now starting to do food. So they're just literally cobbling anything together and going, yeah, yeah, we do food as well. But lots of people are going to take this notion home as well. So like they'll be sitting down having their tea at the table and someone's going to put their hand up and say, "Uh, mum or dad, this isn't substantial. (laughs) What what have you served up here? It's not a substantial meal. I I now know what a substantial meal is. For example... Elton, a pasty on its own in a pub is not a substantial meal. But a pasty with chips and salad is. So you just need some salad on the side and that then counts as being, because obviously pasties by their whole essence were taken down by the miners, weren't they, in Cornwall? In Cornwall. And yeah. it is supposed to be a whole meal, you know, with, with some vegetables and things and meat wrapped up inside yeah. the pasty. Yeah. And it does count as a whole meal. And that was the whole purpose of it being. <laughs> that was the whole point. And do yeah. you know what the edge of the pasty was for? No. You threw it away because you had dirty hands from mining. Oh, so that, yeah, the really hard edge bit. Yeah. You use that to hold it. That's basically it. just grip it, eat the middle, throw the crust away. That's it. Oh. So you learn something new on this podcast every week. Every single week. I think Jodie House is now going to listen. She, she might be one of those listeners we alluded to previously who then goes back through the back catalogue the last 22 weeks and catches up. Pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> now, did you have any jokes of the week? I have got. Did you know today's Trafalgar Day? I don't even know what that means. but um, Trafalgar Day. It is, apparently. Anyway, oh, right. yeah. that's why I've got my joke here. So um, Lord Nelson was about five foot six. His statue is 17 foot four. That's Horatio of about three to one. I'm laughing as if I've never heard this before. You are laughing like you've never heard that before. I hope people won't be suspicious. To be fair, I haven't heard it before. I've read it. <laughs> ah, okay. So it's very, very different. Do you have a joke, Elton? Ooh. Yeah, let, where is it? No, I'm just trying to, no, I'm not reading. I'm just taking it out of my mind. Um, yeah. Why don't oysters donate to charity? Why don't oysters donate to charity? Yeah. I don't know. Because they're shellfish. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good. That's up there. It's, it's, on a low, it's quite low, low difficulty level. Yeah. Immediately you get it. Yeah. It, yeah. it does work on the radio, doesn't it, that one? Yeah. Because there's no kind of spelling. Whereas with mine, some people might actually be doing the maths still. Yeah. Yeah. Calculators out. <laughs> now, what have we got next? What have we got next? Emerging themes and trends? Or should we do wordplay at the table? What takes you fancy? I reckon if we do trends... Um, when do we do site of the week? Is that after the wordplay? Yeah, yeah. Well, the trends thing is very work-related, and actually, it carries on the whole this not being consulted topic, yeah. the lack of consultation that's happening at the moment. And this week, it's the it's the London Borough of Ealing, where headlines: Ealing councillors face dramatic vote over their leader and traffic controversy in an extraordinary meeting. 
tonight. And that was on the 20th of October. So that was yesterday. I don't know how it went. But anyway, it's the same thing again. Closing roads, making neighbourhoods, low traffic neighbourhoods, being done without proper consultation with residents. And everyone, and this isn't, and we're, you know, this is Ealing, but last week I can't remember who it was we mentioned. And then even in between them, there's been some, there's been something else. So people with good intentions just forgetting that quite often people have a legitimate expectation to be consulted. Yeah. And actually, you learn a lot from local people by doing that. So this is a recurring trend now, week in, week out, more of these headlines. Don't make changes to my local streets and neighbourhood without consulting first. And in this case, I mean, I think they got into real difficulty because they didn't even like talk to the ambulance um, oh, service in their local area and things like that. So, you know, there was a lot of uproar about these changes. Lack of consultation, response times for emergency services, road chaos because of their design. And it's that local intelligence you get from local people um, through proper consultation that, that stops these hopefully stops these things happening somebody said to me recently shout out to um, Andy Mills um, well ha- what how can you help then Jonathan well the short answer is there can still be a lot of online consultation around these schemes uh, we can't necessarily yeah. meet blend in that face-to-face aspect but we can certainly put on a places tool so that people can drop pins on a map and say look i think this is a really good place to have a road closure or this is a bad place and these are the reasons why we can have discussion forums on there you can do you can do a survey and an opinion poll and get all this up you know we know how quickly we can get up and running we can set our sites up in a don't like doing it in a matter of days but we can yeah these things could easily be set up in a couple of weeks publicized to the local community and you've done that vital piece of consultation and engagement online. You don't have to set up, set up a Zoom. Other <laughs> online video platforms are available, but you can do it. You know, it can be done. Yeah. So Andy Mills, how how can we help? Yes, it can be done. Um, there's no excuse for this. I'm thinking we can't, we've got no time to consult or there's no need to consult because time and time again, now it's proving to be the wrong approach. You only have to look at, and I've referred to this a number of times, we had it as a, an engagement HQ project launch of the week. West Yorkshire combined authorities approach to involving people in using the mapping tool, as you rightly pointed out, to highlight a number of different areas around cycle lanes and provision for um, disabled and widening pavements and all of those sorts of things. Um, 1700 pin drops i'm quite happy to repeat that again so many people were dropping things on there and giving the council instant insight into changes they needed to make either urgently or on a longer term basis based on that activity which didn't take that long to do and i don't think now that people can simply hide behind the fact that because we've got the pandemic oh it means we can't do what we it means we can't talk to people anymore yeah no you're right they can't Sounds like the grumpy moment, but it, it, you know that there is ah the flip side of that is we have you you've actually mentioned examples where people are have demonstrated the willingness and the ability to do it. So yeah, yeah. So the, I mean the proof is in the pudding, and we've got thousands of examples of that you know globally, but even even here in the UK, and we'll come on to that in in um, project launches of the week as well as a prime oh, yeah, as yeah, a prime yeah. example we've got for that of where, in this case, Londoners, which might give it away slightly, are being consulted on very important aspects of planning and guidance across the London region. They are, aren't they? <laughs> they are, yeah. So I've, given it, I've given that one away now, haven't I? 
<laughs> but also on emerging themes and trends, extrapolating that you outlined Man United and Liverpool as leading on that, what was it called? Oh, the big... Pro- uh, big uh, I, keep, I keep thinking Project big, Fear. No, surely it wasn't that. <laughs> big, what was it? Big picture. Project big Picture or something. But I, I saw that that's actually got worse yesterday. That's got worse because now apparently, and I only heard a very brief headline on the radio, Manchester United and Liverpool, the same two clubs, now in secret talks to form a breakaway league with European clubs. Oh, so they're going to repeat. So they're not, even, so they're not even learning from that mistake. Oh, no, I'm going to take you straight into Meldrew. They're not even learning from those mistakes. They're now saying, right, we can't do that. We can't reduce the size of the Premier League. That's been thrown out. There was no fan engagement or even stakeholder engagement with other clubs and influencers as well. Um, but we're now going to do secret talks with Juventus, Barcelona, um, PSG, other clubs around Europe and have a breakaway European League instead then. Yeah, because I'm really looking that for- forward to that, Elton, because it already costs about 200 quid to take one child to watch Man United at Old Trafford, 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 um, <laughs> you know, you know, train tickets, food, a couple yeah. of beers, all the rest of it. You easily out of two hundred quid, easy. Uh, instead, I'm really looking forward to having to go to, um, you know, to Paris or Rome or whatever, and and spend a thousand pounds to watch Man United play in their new league. I mean, it gets yeah. ridiculous. It reaches a point where there are no fans, and when there's no fans, there's no football. Yeah, and also when you come back from any of those countries at this point in time, you'd have to isolate for two weeks. So if you were self-employed or something like that, you wouldn't. It wouldn't even be feasible. Yeah, and you'd have why to take just the go, children. Why don't they just go ahead and invent a new game altogether? You may as well go the whole hog and just call it. Just do something else. Well, we did a feature on golf ball, didn't we? I think we should just make yeah. that the new national sport henceforth. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what people should do? Is go and support their local team. So. Mine, yeah. when I lived up in Cheshire, would was Crew. Go and watch Crew, Alex. Down here, we've got Mousel um, Football Club. Everyone, yeah. the biggest protest would be to the biggest fan engagement piece would be go and watch your local club. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you can, it's always enjoyable going for a walk, isn't it? Up the road, even just to watch one half or something like that. Just yeah. sit on a sit on a bench and watch. For me, it would be Maresfield, which is obviously yeah. very very low low down the leagues. Um, but yeah, it's an enjoyable stroll on a, on a Saturday or Sunday to watch. You can usually watch two or three matches in one go because they've got several going on and different age groups on the out on the park there. It's a, yeah, it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move straight into new project launches then? Because that's more of a segue than going back to wordplay at the table, isn't it? And we like to be fluid, don't we, in our delivery of this? We are very. So who are you, are you so going you first? Have... Are you going for your project? project feature launch of the week okay i will and you gave a sneak preview oh it's so exciting this one really i mean we were so excited about east west rail last week the excitement just carries on and on and on this week um for me is undoubtedly greater london authority london plan guidance which we'll put up in the blurb and yeah. people can have a look because there's a lot to have a look at as well so they are consulting on the following. So it's the entire London plan, um, and they're doing consultations on good quality homes for all Londoners, the public London charter, circular economy statements, um, be seen energy monitoring assessments, 
whole life cycle carbon assessments and the Royal Docks and Beckton Riverside Opportunity Area Planning Framework, which I wouldn't want to say after three pints. Um, but all of those um, in the new appearance editor in Engagement HQ, and you can click on all of them. So when you, when you go into the blurb, you'll see that. Click in and have a look at the individual projects. They're doing a lot of surveys. Sadiq Khan is listed in our Who's Listening section. <laughs> um, I don't know how much... <laughs> Um, how prominent he is in terms of in terms of that, but that's really really cool. Um, document libraries, important links. They've got loads of events, obviously online at the moment. But it says come along to an event. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six events in November, all listed out. Um, timeline is very clear around this consultation, so Londoners have a clear understanding of where things are sitting and when that guidance will finally be published, which is spring summer to next year. And then how can you take part? And they've listed at this point in time a number of surveys, but they're obviously going to be extending that out using the other deep engagement tools as well. So it's, yeah, really, really good. Well worth a look, very neatly laid out. A big shout out to Rachel Rooney and Natalie Wells, um, Greater London Authority. Let us not forget, Elton, there is a mug coming their way. <gasps> I thought it might be the mug of the week. It naturally yeah. flows into that award, doesn't it? Yeah, mug of the week. Uh, and, and apologies to Ben James. I have wrapped his mug from East West Rail, but it's just sat on my um, on my uh, sofa waiting to go into uh, the postal system to be distributed to his office. Um, so I'll send them all out to, um, tomorrow, hopefully. Brilliant. I bet Ben's been sat there all week watching for the placement to arrive, but you've built that suspense for him. Yeah, and because he's got nothing to drink out of if he'd thrown his old mug away. <laughs> yeah, in anticipation. Yeah, smashed it on the floor. Yeehaw. But don't need that anymore. Don't need you anymore, old mug. Um, and can I just say on, on the, the Great London Authority, um, how, how um, challenging and incredible for them to, to, to carry on engaging, carry on consulting in the, mo in, in the most difficult circumstances of a lifetime for most of us, and they're carrying on. Yeah, they're exemplifying um, exactly what you were talking about earlier about people saying, oh, well, we can't do anything now. Yeah, that's they're it. Taking, they're taking the ball by the horns, a completely opposite approach. I think yeah. we were first in discussions with um, post-lockdown. This wasn't something that was planned pre-lockdown. Um, and they took the ball by the horns, and they know they've worked really hard to get to get it to where it is now. And it yeah, looks yeah. great. It looks really, really yeah, good. They, yeah, they pulled out all the stops, actually, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Big undertaking. There's, you know, there's very large teams there. There's a lot of stakeholders who are involved in yeah. it and providing the content and getting it set up. So it's really, really good to see. And um, was, was that yours or did you have a, something else? I've got something else out because I've, I've put a little bit, little bit of a spin on this segment of the podcast because you know we like to innovate. We don't stand still, do we? <laughs> Never. Never. I'm going to try and go around the world every week now bring in a bit Ooh. of a flavour of sites from around the world. So I've yeah. gone to Livingston Shire in um, Australia. We have to get better at our geography, though. I'm awful at it. I, I could only uh, say to you, Jodie House is in Australia. I had no idea where that uh, uh, be more specific. But yeah. anyway, um, they, their site is Get Involved Livingston Shire. And I'm... I don't know if you can notice the pause there, but I noticed that, like, we would always say Livingstonshire, 
Cheshire, one word. It's Livingston, yeah. Space Shire. Oh, okay. That's a bit different. Any, yeah. Anyway, big shout out to them because they not only did they um, launch a new appearance editor, they also refreshed their project pages and they've got a nice example of a budget consultation using Balancing Act. So Brilliant. They are preparing, just like we do over here in the UK, they're preparing their annual budget. And um, it's essential, you know, sort of job of any local government. And the same can be said over in Australia. And um, they're using um, Balancing Act as a way of getting people involved and asking them how they would actually balance the budget. So yeah. Balancing Act gives people that ability to actually play with some of those tough decisions in a in a simulation environment they can spread their spending over parks roads bridges wastewater um etc etc and they and they can increase their revenue or their or they can't touch their revenue if it's grants that they can't affect and they can really sort of get an input from loads of people all saying well actually i'd, I'd probably spend a bit more money here and a bit less there and um Actually, I'm a stickler for keeping the revenue side of things down, so I'm so I'm not going to give you any more money. But then there'll be other people who say, "Look, I'm willing to accept a three, four percent increase in um, in in council tax." Um, so I am going to allow. And you can actually see what people would do. You can get really yeah. intelligent, deliberative involvement in your budget. So much more than a survey. But also, I mean, we'll put this in the blurb. When you, when you visit the project, you've got key dates, what's happening when, who's listening, but then you've got all the information around it. Yeah. So what is the plan? Um, what were previous year's budgets? What are you hoping to do in the future? And then loads of explanation around um, how the tools work, what is capital spending, et cetera, et cetera. Really good example of how to do budget consultations. Something that we know is really topical in the UK. So I'm hoping that by bringing an example from our um, friends in Australia, um, we can, uh, people might, might be interested in having a go themselves. Definitely. And it builds, I mean, it builds so much more trust and transparency around the whole process as well, doesn't it? So that people get an understanding of how things work and the mechanics of budgeting and things like that yeah. that councils have to, the local councils here in the UK obviously have to do as well for them to have the opportunity to have access to that information and to have a go at it as well yeah. it builds so much more trust on an ongoing basis and inclusive kind of approach isn't it yeah and the residents have to put themselves in the shoes um, of the um, of the people making the decisions yeah so there's that builds that like you say trust but also empathy it's like oh it's not it's not really hard it's not easy to uh, make these decisions is it i can see how difficult it is now yeah yeah no it's really really good and then they go to the pub for a substantial meal meet their mates <laughs> and meet their mates if they're allowed to and they say god you know what i was doing this budget simulation and it's quite difficult what the council have to do year yeah. on year yeah so it spreads that empathy and that understanding that trust is actually, um, you know, quite contagious, pardon the pun. Yeah, and people enjoy that. And it's almost like, a, because it is like a budget simulator, it does bring a little bit of gamification into the getting people involved. So it is, 
much more fun than just sitting yeah. filling out a paper-based survey that's stuffed through your letterbox once a month. Yeah. And while you're doing it, you might be might like lean over your shoulder and say, like, oh, you know, ask your wife, ask your partner, your your mum, your uncle, um, your kids, you know, what would you do in this situation? So you can yeah. get everyone talking about it. It's quite amazing. Well, that's really cool. It's in the it's going in the blurb, so that would be really good but for people to be able to have a look. Elton, we can't afford to send them a mug. It's too far. Shipping costs. Oh yeah, that would blow the budget, wouldn't it? Twenty twenty yeah. budget gone for blow the Christmas budget. party. We'd have to sub that in. Yeah. No, maybe no. maybe our colleagues in Australia will send them a mug on our behalf. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That will cut down on the shipping costs, and everyone can have a socially distanced Christmas party and a substantial meal. A substantial meal. <laughs> is lasagna on its own with no peas, no chips, no salad? Because you've always got to have peas and lasagna. Pole of the pole of the week. Is it a substantial? So if you if you're saying it's just mince, and then obviously the you know it's got the cream top or whatever it is. Yeah, so just the lasagna. Pasta. Just the lasagna on its own. Is that a substantial meal, or do you have to have peas, chips, salad? Yeah, so then you've got the, the whole disparity around cottage pie and shepherd's pie because one of them is more vegetable. It's got more yes. vegetables in it, yeah. isn't it? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that debate is going to rage. I think we should do it as a Twitter poll. I think so. Twitter poll of the week. What is this? Which of these do you consider a substantial meal? <laughs> and then you'll get another north-south divide. You will. I mean, you get people, pie and chips, that's a substantial meal. Yeah. Yeah. With my best. Nearly as good as your Australian accent. <laughs> Why do I try and do accents? It's just so terrible. <laughs> now, have we got time for wordplay of the week? I think so. I think so. Right, really do well. Fast. Just do it fast. Go. Wordplay at the table. First description that comes into your mind. Yeah. We're going to do this Timmy Mallet style. No long-winded answers. Go. No long-winded answers. And the first word is tumultuous. Oh, that's a, that's the knee-jerk reaction to when you don't consult people properly when it's something they care about. There you go. No, no I think you nailed it. I don't think we need to take it any further than that. Um, number two, in this case, a phrase, tongue-tied. <sighs> See, you're tongue-tied. Huh? when you ask people a question, they are tongue-tied. So what you need to do is adopt an asynchronous approach to engagement online to give them some thinking time before they respond yeah yeah but i guess that could be to do with the way a question is posed to people and the language that was used and it left them yeah. tongue-tied because they didn't quite understand it so yeah it could be a number of number of things and then the final one for this week is posture posturing well actually quite often people will say they've not been consulted or there is a or is there a and there's a lack of consultation as part of their posturing when they don't think a decision is going their way. Yeah. Hence, it's really important, like we do on Engagement HQ, that you have a full audit trail of um, the, what you've done to enable people to take part and participate and all the rest of it. So that when they posture and say you, there was no proper consultation, you can say, well, yes, there was. We provided all these ways of being involved uh, Thousands of people downloaded um, a document. Hundreds of people watched the video. So there certainly was a consultation. 
and you're just posturing. Yeah, and you could say that Man United and Liverpool are posturing. They're saying, okay, we can't, we didn't get our bill through or whatever it was, or any sort of motion to reduce the size of the Premier League. We'll pick, pack up our suitcase and we'll go to Europe. We're posturing by by saying, yeah. well, we'll just you know throw our toys out the pram and we'll plan something else then behind everyone's back. Take take our ball in. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, pick up the ball, take it in. Take our ball in and go home. Not playing anymore. You lot, you lot don't want to play by our rules. You know, yeah, we're, we're going to take our ball in. We'll take our brand, our massive brands and money yeah. and everything, and we'll go to Europe with it instead. Yeah. There you go. Now then, Meldry moments. You must have some. My first one that is not re- work-related is headaches. I realised just this week that my whole life, my whole 30 years, right? <laughs> He's laughing. The whole, my whole, all right, 35. <laughs> my whole, That's better. I, I've never had a headache. But that wasn't because I haven't had one. I didn't know what one was. How could you not know? I just didn't know. So when I asked my wife, Louise, just casually, like, what is a headache? What's it feel like? And she described it. I was like, I've got one now. (gasps) And now, and then since that day, this last week or so, I'm like, oh, I've got a headache. I didn't know that was a headache. Oh, you just thought it was Zoom fatigue. You thought it was yeah. To... yeah. <laughs> so, but that I thought that's quite interesting. Also, for work, like you sometimes you don't know you're missing something until someone can tell you that you you can you have it or you had it before and now you haven't got it. Now I'm really tuned into the whole concept of having a headache. I feel one coming on now. I wouldn't have been able to say that last week. Oh yeah, I've got. I've, I've now I've got a head on. Now we'll have to just cut it short. Yeah. But so, now as you know about it, you can treat it as well. I don't want to because I've made it this far without taking that headache time. <laughs> You're going to tough it out for the next 35 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then my serious one um, is I get grumpy about digital exclusion. And I think we sort of touched on this before. So I, I looked into it in a bit more detail because it's just thrown around as an excuse for not doing good online engagement sometimes not all the time by any means and we don't dismiss the importance of it but it's just thrown around so i looked into it and um, the latest stats are that 90 96 percent not a bit you know basically almost in percentage terms most of uk households have access to the internet you know like yeah and that can make you think oh there's no such thing as digital exclusion but actually of course there is because there's a big chunk of people that live in digital poverty. And this to me is fascinating that they can't actually, they have to make a decision between feeding their kids yeah. and, um, and, and, and adding pay-as-you-go data bundles to their phone for Wi-Fi downloads. Yeah. And, that, and that's a lot more people. Um, and then there's, the digi- there's people that aren't that, um, there's digital literacy, so how well they can use the internet um, versus yeah. whether or not they just have access. And for me, it's like the reason I'm grumpy about it is that this is something we all all need to understand a lot better and stop having this argument about is online good or bad? Because, you know, basically everybody, nearly everybody should. And and I know there are many people who can't. So I have to be careful here. But just in terms of percentages that, you know, 96 percent of households have Internet access 
So the, yeah. we need to be a lot more um, clever with our analysis of this situation. And for me, that's sort of something that I'm going to be looking at for the next few years, definitely. What does this really mean? Um, what yeah. is digital poverty? What is digital exclusion? What is digital inclusion? How do we make our projects more inclusive? Um, things like that. How do our how does our product development um, make make um, deal with digital poverty, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. I think it's a massive area that's making me grumpy because too many people who don't know enough about it are just throwing out that phrase without really exploring it in enough de in enough depth. Yeah, so there's no nuance to it, is there? That 96%, that represents the potential of people that could be online and engaging, but it doesn't yeah. take into account all of those socio-economic factors yeah. that are so important and the digital literacy skills that would be required on top of that. So there's so many other areas that need to be thought about. That's just the potential for people to be online. Yeah. It's not the reality of, of yeah. people and actually the potential, being online. The potential is massive because what yeah. I forgot to say is that, you know, one in 10 people are genuinely, right, properly, physically de debilitated at the thought of speaking up in public. Yeah. So yes. the answer is not, oh, let's do everything face to face, because yeah, it has the same implications. Yeah. Um, a yeah, big exactly. chunk of people just won't participate that way. So this whole concept of blended approaches, doing more online, doing online better, I think is a real challenge for all of us who work in this, this area. Yeah, the blended approach works really well. And I've had a number of conversations this week with, I won't necessarily name them at this point in time, but like a parish council up in, in Scotland, who are really looking at this blended approach so that they can still um, consult with the elderly, for example, or the, the disadvantaged, um, but they also understand a need for people to be involved in really important decisions around things like a post office that's closed and they want to redesign that and open another shop or something in a tiny little area, um, but they don't want to just take those decisions without involving everyone, but that also includes um, those who haven't got internet access and, and the elderly and people who haven't got the digital skills. So the blended approach would work perfectly in that regard as well. Yeah. So you've every right, I'd say, to only oh, made me really grumpy now. Look. Yeah, sorry oh. about that. Oh. <laughs> well, mine wasn't work-related. That makes a change, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I'm really grumpy about turkey farmers. Really turkey, grumpy about Turkey farms? Is this a joke? No, this is a genuine headline. They've bred too many big birds for Christmas. Oh. The turkeys are too big. So what that means in essence is because there won't be, it's unlikely there'll be, it'll be possible to have gatherings of more than six people. Christmases are going to be quite small. Therefore, no one wants this absolutely massive 10 kilogram turkey stuck in the oven because oh. it'll all go to waste. So people are going to be naturally buying smaller turkeys because they'll only have smaller gatherings. Therefore, all of these. So literally, the, the headline was turkey farmers fear they've bred too many big birds. Oh, no. But firstly, has anyone heard of le leftovers and freezers and things like that? Because you could still buy those turkeys. But then the plus side, and this is where we can turn it into a um, a chirpier and happier moment in January you're going to have all these really fat turkeys faced with the same choice as everyone else in January shall I go on a diet you know I've eaten too yeah, they can't go to the gym because the gyms won't be open oh but not turkey gyms they haven't got those I guess. 
<laughs> you're really categorical. You've, you've really looked into this, haven't you? There's definitely no turkey gyms in the UK, Alton. <laughs> um, but they, it's a plus because there'll be more turkeys that are alive. They'll just be overweight and they'll, they might have issues and things relating to that, like diabetes and other conditions. But they can then go on a diet with the rest of us and have a long, happy life. Yes, I think you're right. And there's a business opportunity. Positive. Yes, and there's an opportunity for a business, an entrepreneur, to buy all these turkeys cheap because there's, there's too many of them, have like a retirement community. Yeah. Um, and that people can come and look at the turkeys and have an ice yeah. cream. Yeah, and then you'll see these pictures on um, Twitter and other social media platforms are available of like... Um, this turkey before and after shots, you know, you get those people and it'd be like, look how much weight I lost between January and yeah. March in, in a turkey gym, outdoor yeah. turkey gym. Outdoor turkey gym. Yeah, so before and after shots, like three stone down to one stone or something, you'd be like, oh, wow, he's doing really well. It's a great idea. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think we should... I think we should wrap up on that note, unless you've got any other pearls of wisdom for the week. No, we've got stat of the week, but I think we'll roll that over to next week. No, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up as always. And you are, as always, a bashful eagle. So until next time. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.